Hello everybody, and this is Hunter Sanson with Traditional Archery and Everything Outdoors. Uh, and this podcast is going to be my opinions on broadheads, what broadheads I use, broadhead lethality, uh, why I use the broadheads I use, how my arrows set up, so on and so forth. And, uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, broadhead selection. If this show's not just for traditional archers, it's for everybody. It's for the compound shooter, it's for the traditional shooter, it's for the man that can't pull back a bow anymore and he's using a crossbow. So, I don't want people to feel isolated, and that's what I think the number one problem is with some podcasts. And I'm subscribed to some of them, you know, the wrestling show, you know, I, I'm a bit, I like professional wrestling, I, I've loved it as a kid, uh, but, but, uh, I, you know, listen to it, whatever, and they isolate some people, I, I don't want anybody listening to this to feel isolated, if you don't even hunt, and you, or if you hunt, and or you stopped hunting, or you want to get into traditional hunting, this is the podcast for you. This podcast is to provide background information for people. Whether you be an avid archer, or you be somebody that just likes to shoot on the weekends. This show really is for everybody. And, you know, that's my problem with... You know, some of the traditional archery, I'm sorry I was not flipping the page, but I had an outline here, not meaning to get off topic, but, you know, a lot of these podcasts try to make people feel isolated. So this is a home away from home. That's what this podcast is all about, being home away from home, metaphorically speaking, and you know, whether you're reading it, whether you're listening to this on your way to work, coming back from work, late at night, it doesn't matter. This this podcast is for everybody, and it, it this doesn't have a single demographic. Uh, like I said, traditional archery, that's what I specialize in, that's my hobby, that's my passion. But this show is for everybody. It doesn't matter what kind of bow you shoot, but that that's the introduction here. And uh, but my thoughts on broadhead selection, why I shoot the broadheads I shoot, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, my preferred broadhead, it, I make my own broadheads out of out of bar steel or spring steel, simply because I it's more readily available for me. I have professional grade equipment to make the broadheads. Uh, and I'm not afraid to test out things. And here in the state of West Virginia, the law for shooting a broadhead is the broadhead must be an inch wide for every two inches it is long. So I shoot a two to one broadhead. That, that's the broadhead I shoot. That's my preferred broadhead. Uh, I used to shoot a 3-to-1 broadhead. 
just because that's what I had available. And if you don't have the money to shoot Howard Hill broadheads or an Ed Ashby point or a grizzly stick or a tough head, shoot whatever you can buy. You don't have to have the most expensive broadheads on the market to kill to kill animals and kill deer. But my preferred broadhead is the ones I make. They are almost identical to the trade points the Native Americans would have used. Uh, I've used the Pope and Saxon broadhead before, and they're very effective. Don't get me wrong, they're very good broadheads. They're just not my preferred broadhead. Uh, my preferred broadhead, like I said, is a 2 to 1 ratio. A little bit wider. Sometimes I'll go an inch and a half. Uh, but I'm sorry, I had an interruption again. Uh, I prefer a longer inch and a half broadhead. I, I mean, an inch and a half wide to about two and a half inches long personal preference that's where my sweet spots at uh yours might be different you know to me i like i like an obvious blood trail i like not having to look hard for my animals and i found that the broadhead that i use is very effective for short blood trails pass through every time and that that's the reason I make my broadheads the way they're made. And that that's really why I choose them. They are the most effective broadheads that I have found work the best for my bow. Uh, it's not... I'm not endorsed by any company. I am just an average Joe giving my opinions. Uh... I like the broadheads that I make. You know, a 3-to-1 arrow, to me, is a little too thin, and it makes a weaker blade. Uh, you know, people are like, well, that don't make sense. You know, you think more metal, longer the blade, better, better penetration. Not always. But, you know, a swimmer doesn't make himself, when he, an Olympic swimmer, the judging criteria is no splash up or very little splash up. And think of it this way: would if would he just dive on his belly, just spread eagle? No, because he's not going to go very far in the water until he's going to get a lost splash up, which is going to be for to equivalent that in arrow terms. That's going to be a lot of blood, a good amount of blood. Uh, but not very far. The blood you're going to have is going to be bright colored blood. It's pr It might go six inches. It'll get the job done. It'll kill the deer. All you need is something to go about six and a half, seven, six and a half to seven inches, depending on how broad the animal is. To, if it's a deer, you only need about six and a half inches to, to get in. So you only need about six inches of penetration. Really, you only need five. If you're cutting blood veins and you're cutting arteries, you're going to get the job done. I have I killed a deer with a field point and I didn't even realize I shot the field point. So, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all about shot placement.
But the most effective thing that I found that works for me the best is a two to one ratio, or that that's my preference. A three to one will work, and I like mine to be a two to one chisel point, and I like it to be two blades. I, I I've tried single bevel, single bevel bevel broadheads are very effective. I just like to know that. There's two cutting edges. There's not just one. There's two. And that that's where my theory comes in from. And if I were to use a single blade broadhead, it would be a double bevel similar to throwing a knife in the air. Uh, and I've used that type of design before too. That is prop. That is one of the most effective designs I've created. Uh, and you know, it's not very difficult to create. All you need, if you ain't got the money to buy spring steel, bar steel, uh, if you don't have the money to spend on steel, simply go out and buy a bunch of stainless steel spoons. Make sure they're stainless steel, because they'll be the cheapest and they're the hardest metal. Uh, and cut the broadheads out but that's for another episode i don't want to i'm kind of getting off track and uh so the broadheads that i shoot are my own design uh if you look up a zwicky two blade eskimo a zwicky no mercy broadhead a two blade that's very similar similar to what i shoot but mine's a little bit different i have a chisel point at the front, that that for me, I found out that gives me better penetration. I, I saw it in a video where they shot through a deer, and they shot three shots with a regular two-bay broadhead with a neat, with a hypodermic point, which is a very which is just a very very. If you like a two-blade dagger or a two-bladed, a very very thin two-bladed knife that has a really sharp point sort of like a needle it's gonna go in but to me it weakens the broadhead so i have a chisel point i've even tontoed a, a broadhead on both sides not the best flight uh but i have a chisel point and it's very effective it it smashes through bone it smashes through everything I shoot 70 pounds at 28 inches. My draw length's 29 and a half inches, so I'm really shooting about 74 pounds. But my my preferred broadhead is a two blade. I've had single bevel. Uh, the reason I don't have single bevel is the money. I you know I practice with my broadheads and I don't spend a lot of money on targets. I use a couple bales of hay. Uh, I I rove a lot, you know, so I'm not spending a lot of money on the targets, but the broad, the reason being is you take two, two bales of hay or even a bale of hay, it'll be, you know, two bales of hay is very effective, you know, but if you want to spend the money, get a good, a, a good three, a good target that is very hard and it will be able to take broadheads. And you're gonna go through. You're gonna go through a lot of. Uh, you're gonna go through a lot of targets if you're shooting broadheads. That's why I shoot. I shoot my fixed blades all, all the time, so I know the flight of the arrow. And you don't have to. 
That's just me. You know, my philosophy is you train as you kill, or you train as you fight. And that that is why I figured out what broadheads work best for me. Now, my design and my picture, uh, I don't have any broadheads on me right now. I'd have to... I'd have to go to the end of my driveway at my shed, and I don't feel like doing that right now. But the next couple episodes are on my blog, Blogger. <clears throat> no, I'm using Blogger right now. Blogger.tradarchery.com is my website. Uh, feel free to contact me on my email. HunterSampson99.hs at gmail.com I'll leave my contact information down below. Uh, but, and another thing I forgot to mention is a high FOC arrow. Uh, I probably shoot 215, 225 grain broadheads. Uh, now, you know what? I, uh, 175 to 200 grains is a broadhead that I shoot. That, that for me, Allows my arrow to be at around 23 FOC. And what FOC is forward of center. So you take the bow. You find the center. And the balance point from the center. If it's, if it's at 50%. If it's halfway. That's your FOC. If it's a little bit lower. You know. The point to where it balances on on the edge. And that, the center of the arrow, the balance, is the FOC. And that's not scientific terminology. We'll, we'll get scientific terminology here in a minute. Because I'm not really trying to get into scientific shit. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, but you know what? Let let's get scientific and let let's build the best. Uh, let's have the best podcast we possibly have. So, FOC on an arrow, and I forget the exact uh, definition. FOC stands for fo- front of center balance point. This measure results from the relative weight of the arrow compared the components used in the arrow. Let's talk about <clears throat> FOC. Uh, h- a higher FOC arrow, you know, it may. All right, if you take, if you take a football, if you take an arrow, what it's going to do is there's going to it's going to drag towards the ground because it's it's slowing down a lot faster when it ha- when you have a high FOC. Uh, but you're not really going to notice that till after 40, 50 yards. And if you're an ethical shooter, you're only going to be shooting about 25 to 30 yards at the maximum. So the FOC balance position of the arrow is one of the more important elements affecting the shape of the arrow's trajectory curve. Like I said, if you have a high FOC, you're going to have a low curve. If you have a, a low FOC, you're going to have a very high curve. You're going to be able to shoot longer distances with a high FOC. And that's not always true. But what that means if you have a hot a high FOC is that the arrow itself for you to 
travel, let's say your point on is 30 yards. For you to shoot 30 yards, you point straight on. For you to, if you have a high, a low FOC, and you hit, you're going to have to aim lower. Gap, that's where kind of the gap shooting comes into play. Uh, but, you know, it really doesn't matter until you get out to 50 yards. Just note that if you're shooting out at 50 yards, it's definitely going to descend a lot faster, and you'll notice it. You'll notice it. And the formula for FOC is from, <clears throat> take your arrow length, and, yeah, I was right, the center of the arrow to the balance point. And that's FOC. I wasn't entirely sure if I was correct. I just wanted to to quantify my answer and make sure I was right and give out the right advice. And that's where it came from. Uh, FOC is forward of center. So from the total, from the center of the arrow to the balance point is FOC. And there's calculators on the internet. Uh, You could probably type it into a calculator if you know the math but it's easy they got apps on your phone that you calculate it but look up the recipe for it not the recipe the uh, formula for it and the formula to calculate it and then you'll find your FOC so I like my FOC about 23% some people have 30% some people have a little more than that uh, some I like mine about 20 to 23. Anywhere in there uh, is really where I like it. And that's just personal preference. And to me, my bow, that's what flies best on my bow with my combination of fletchings. And the FOC does affect the way it's going to penetrate an animal. If you have a 30% FOC, if you're even shooting 40 pounds with a 30% FOC, and I believe if you, if you shoot... A lower poundage bow, your your arrow should be of a higher forward of center to aid you in the pass through. Me, I shoot 70 pounds, which is rather heavy. It's very heavy for most people, not heavy for some. And that's just the way people are. There's got my archery range. He shoots 110 pound recurve like, like it's nothing, but he's 6 foot 5, 300 pounds. He shoots it like it's nothing because of the frame of the guy he is, the type of person he is. And uh, broadhead, the the common terminology for this is broadhead lethality. And what broadhead lethality is, is the redneck dictionary, my dictionary basically, my version of, of a broadhead lethality is out of a percentage of 100, if you shoot a deer... How likely are from you to 100% likely to kill that deer? And the lethality part, if you're my arrow, I can shoot any white-tailed deer, any deer. I can shoot an elk and 100% kill. If it's, you know, but not 100% because some, you know, mine's from anywhere from 80 to 100% depending on human factors but if I shoot an arrow at a deer, I'm going to kill it. That's My arrows are designed to be 100% effective all the time. 
and my arrows weren't designed for failure, they were designed for killing. That's simply what my arrows were designed for. And that's what your broadheads or your arrows should be designed for. Killing. If you're a hunter, if you're a hunter, that's what that's what you should strive for to have the most lethal arrow that you can possibly have with your setup. And that that's where the whole terminology comes into play. Not terminology, but science comes into play. And there's a lot of science involved in what we do as bow hunters. Or even target archers, there's a lot of science. So, uh, the broadhead lethality, how I achieve it is, I'm not going to steal Dr. Ed Ashby's recipe. I, ha- I kind of have my own ideas. Uh, what works best for me, and I found out what works best for me through... You know, I'm not downing anything Dr. Ashby teaches because he's pro- he shot way more animals than I have because he's lived longer than I have. He's done the most for bow hunting in since Fred Bear. Him and Fred Bear are right neck and neck on what they've done for bow hunting, in my opinion. Uh, but. They are the most effective at what they do. And another part that ties into broadhead lethality is mechanical versus fixed blade. Me, I shoot a fixed blade, obviously. The mechanical broadheads, I've shot mechanical broadheads when I was a compound shooter. And that's because what everybody shot, and then I made to switch over to fixed blades. But if you're, if depending on what type of arrow you shoot, if you sh- if you're shooting cedar shaft arrows, I'd shoot fixed blades, a hundred percent. If you're shooting aluminum arrows, I'd shoot I'd shoot fixed blades, a hundred percent. But if you're shooting carbon arrows. I'd, you know, I'd go for a mechanical. You, for you to shoot a, a, a carbon air, a fixed blade on a carbon arrow, you must absolutely have your arrow the most precise scientifically. You got, you got to experiment with your arrow. No matter what. And, to me, mechanical broadheads have a mechanical. They have a disadvantage to me. They like to break. They're flimsy. I like a one-piece broadhead cap. You know, like I said, my broadheads are about a quarter inch thick, so they're thick. It, it's as thick as a. It's thicker than some knives. And it, you know, they're thick, and they kill. They kill. And you know, the mechanical broadheads, they have a really thin blade, razor sharp. My blades don't have to be that sharp. I could be shooting a doll, a doll point, not a doll point, but I could be shooting. If I do the paper test, and I just have a little bit of resistance, and, it, and it's not the cleanest cut, you know, if it's sharp enough to pick up skin, if it's sharp enough to cut you, and you, you just put a little bit of pressure down. That's all my broadheads is sharp, but I like my broadheads razor sharp. I like them to be able to cut the hair off your arms as personal preference. And that 
that to me also helps with arrow lethality. And folks, this all ties into arrow lethality. And <clears throat> if you're shooting traditional, you're going to hear this term single bevel a lot. Single bevel broadhead. You're going to hear that term a lot, and you're going to hear it used a hell of a lot. And probably more so than recurve or longbow or cedar. You know, you're going to hear it more than a brand name. That's because it, it is the most important part of your arrow. It, you know, because it's, I don't consider it a fad. I consider single bevel broadheads very effective. There's definitely science behind the broadhead design. But all I'm saying is... They haven't worked in my experience. And it could be... Well, they have worked, but they, they aren't what I thought they were going to be originally. And that's where that comes from. And to put what's a single bevel broadhead, it is a broadhead with one blade... Not with two bevels, there's an edge on one side of the blade. Sort of like a kit, uh, sort of like, sort of like a chisel. A chisel would be, that, that's sort of like a chisel. Yeah, that's basically what it is, a sharpened chisel. And they're very effective. And I should have, I, I totally looked over my notes here. Uh, how does an arrow kill? An arrow kills by hemorrhage, which is loss of blood pressure and loss of blood. And when you shoot an animal and you make a good ethical kill, a good ethical shot, what happens is that animal's blood blood pressure skyrockets not skyrockets it drops dramatically no it skyrockets and it's flowing out of there and eventually it slows down enough to where blood stops flowing it pumps out so much blood that it f stops flowing to the heart and that's what hemorrhage is uh, and a gun kills by shock. When a gun explodes, it has so much forward momentum. It encounters that resistance. And it, you know, it's a result of put opposites attracting and pushing into each other. And they cause an internal explosion. You know, if you've ever been punched in the arm by somebody that knows how to punch and you feel that just wave go through your body, that's that's essentially what a bullet does. It shocks the animal. And uh, that's all for this episode of the podcast.
this was just a simple terminology for aerolethality. If you have any more questions, feel free to email me at hunter.hf at gmail.com. Uh, I'll answer it as soon as I possibly can. Uh, I'll leave the link in the description. And that's all.